Facebook Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. You get to control the content you create the stuff there that's on the front page uh, by submitting different things you find online that you consider interesting and then other listeners vote as to which ones they like the best. The most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. Uh, this week, actually, Mark, we've been promoting uh, during our podcast, I believe, and I'm not sure where else, but uh, the brand new television program by Adam Kokesh. It's uh, actually on all the um, all the radio ads. It's, it's all over. Oh, good, good to know. Well, because it deserves to be. I think Adam's done a pretty great job with what he's uh, what he's been up to here. Adam versus the man. Dot com with the verses being vs so adam vs the com is his website and adam is with us here on the phones tonight good evening sir hey thank you so much for having me on guys and thanks for all the help in getting the show launched on the right on the right foot it's been really amazing so far well i have to say that i was really uh, pleasantly surprised to hear this news because well number one uh it's just unusual to see a liberty-minded person on television, period. Obviously, we're starting to see more of it with uh, uh, Andrew Napolitano's show becoming more popular, right. and of course, John Stossel has been on the, the air for a long time. Uh, but it's interesting to see somebody just kind of breaking into the world of television without, I guess, necessarily having a big TV resume. Do you? Uh, none to speak of whatsoever, actually. And before I got this job, I was doing radio in Albuquerque for six months, uh, pretty much for free. And it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime promotion to go from local radio to national television. But uh, I feel like I've, I've got the, the right help. I've got the right people uh, around me doing the job, and I've got the right support from the network. RT has been great with everything so far. So they've also given me full editorial control. In fact, it's explicitly there in my contract with them. So, and if there's any violation of that, you'll know. If they ever tell me you got to say this or you can't say that, you know, we're going to make sure you know. But we called for close air support. We got a TV show instead. What can I say? <laughs> Hey, I think it's great, and uh, it's it, you know the the fact that you have full editorial control is extraordinarily important, um, and because mm-hmm. you know if you if if you have to compromise your message, you can't get by you you won't be able to emotionally get behind the show, and it'll fail. So exactly, that's that's what's important. Hey, Adam, this is JJ. Uh, I, one thing I want to say is the uh, doing it five days a week. That's that's a big task, right? It's a there. huge commitment. I mean, JJ, yeah. you know this. You're putting together a TV show here in Keene, New that's Hampshire, right. and you're just looking at doing once a week, and that's a lot on your plate right now. That's right. But you, I'm sure you have oh, a, yeah. well, a, a team yeah, of people. No, and, and I'm still learning that. And if you go to uh, the, the YouTube channel that RT set up specifically for our show, Adam versus the Man RT, uh, we've got, well, we just had our fourth episode ever uh, airing, well, it's actually airing. As we speak, it's kind of cool. We're, we're live to tape from 6 to 6.30. And if I jam home, I can watch it on my TV. But, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, we, we, we've, we've got those episodes up there right now. And you can tell just even day to day this first week, we're getting smoother. We're getting better at the process. Sure. I'm getting a lot more comfortable in front of the camera with someone giving me cues in my ear and someone pointing at cameras and, you know, moving around in, in the studio in front of me. But, like, you know, it's, it's a full production. We've got, a, you know, a 15-person production crew at RT, and 
Uh, the show I looks great. Everybody who's involved with the production. I took the time to watch the first episode, and the show, the, the production quality looks great. It's right up there with all the other talk, so-called talking heads shows that you mm-hmm. might see on yep. CNN or Fox or MSNBC, except it's hosted by Adam Kokash, who is, from what I can tell, I mean, you, there was actually up on your website, adamversustheman.com, there's a little promo video with you being interviewed by one of the RT uh, anchors about your show, uh-huh. and you called yourself a conservative, or at least I thought I heard you call yourself a conservative, but yeah. for a cons- for a conservative to open up his show with an interview with Stefan Molyneux, it just doesn't that doesn't seem no, like conservatism. See, you seem more like well, a voluntarist to me. Well, I am certainly a voluntarist. We're using conservative in the John Birch Society sense in their definition of the left right spectrum, and I think uh, really conservatives in getting in touch with their roots in America. It was Ronald Reagan who said libertarianism is the heart of conservatism. So trying to broaden the appeal and broaden the audience, you know, that's part of the challenge of, of getting into the media. It's not you can't just hit all your extreme positions. And, you know, I'd love nothing more than to talk to Stefan every day for 30 minutes. But, you know, that, to, to reach out to a broader audience, you can't do that. You have to present information in a way that's relevant and valuable and that brings people into the message instead of, you know, here's the message, and we're going to hit you over the head with it. So that's a challenge that I face in, in, in doing the show. I know you guys are very keen on that, too, because you've done an incredible job with Free Talk Live getting to the kind of national distribution that you're at today. But on, on television, I, I'm still getting comfortable with the format, learning what we're capable of, and you know, we have so much technological support out of the studios here as well in terms of composing our shows, putting together a rundown, you know, and, and, and making sure that it all hangs together in a kind of professional presentation that the average person can understand. And, and, and the way I've been talking or thinking about the show is uh, for my little brothers and my little sister. I, I'm, I'm the oldest of five, Adam, Andrew, Alex, Alden, and Audrey. So <laughs> I dedicated the show to them in our first episode. And really, the show is supposed to be for people who are my age and younger. You know, I'm, I'm 29 years old. I'm uh, on the, the older edge of the millennial generation, those of us who grew up with the Internet, born in 1982 or, or younger, uh, well, specifically 1982 to 2000. And, you know, as, as much as we've seen the, what, you know, what our parents' generation called the revolution of the Internet when it changed the way that we do what, when, when we said way back, we realized the relatively superficial things like commerce and communication, uh, you know, just being able to do email and, and buy things online and, and navigation, logistics, stuff like that. But the real revolution of the Internet is yet to come. It's going to come when the kids who have smartphones on it for their 10th birthdays are in charge. And the kids that have the Internet hardwired in their brains have no tolerance for the kind of problems that only exist for lack of information. When they turn 18 in America today, they're facing a personal share of the national debt of over $45,000, and they're going, wait a second, we're still fighting wars over natural resources, and I'm still more likely to get killed by a cop than by a terrorist? Something's seriously wrong with this picture, and when we're in charge, things are going to be different. So one of the things that I feel like I'm doing with the show is preparing the younger generation, making sure that they have a representation in the, in the mainstream dialogue, but also someone who's going to get them the kind of information and connect them to current events in a way that's empowering and positive. Because it's not just about saying, hey, if you don't vote, the country's going to go to hell, but saying, look, you know, what our generation is going to do over the next 50 years, we are going to fulfill the promise of the Internet, which is to make sure that society realizes all the things we think we need the force and coercion of government for, we can find a way to do them 
peacefully through voluntary cooperation. And well, that is the promise of the Internet that my generation is going to bring to the world in the next 50 years. And we have an opportunity like no generation in human history before us to shape the destiny of the species for millennia. So, um, you know, like, you know, maybe all this stuff will happen with the Internet. Maybe it's just a fad. Let's talk about a media <laughs> form that's really going to, uh, that's relevant impression to our lives, which is cable news network. How, what do you spend your day doing, Adam? I mean, you know, what what's your day look like? What time do you start it? How much time do you spend in prep? What's it like? Man, you got to ask me that question like a month from now when I've actually got that figured out. Uh, as for yep. now, it's more a, a matter of, of scrambling, but I, I really uh, am getting the hang of the writing process for myself, My, you know, uh, tailoring my day so that my creative process is able to mesh with what everybody around me needs to produce the show and what, uh, you know, all the people at the network need to make sure that we have the production elements in place before we go to tape the show. But, you know, we get up, we have, uh, you know, I, I do my prep and try to have, most of the writing done by 11 when we have our 11:30 when we have our first uh, editorial production conference call uh, with with the, with uh, with our line producer and the uh, the editor at the network and it's just to go over what we're doing and see what we can do to, to develop the show to be more visually rich uh, because you know that's something that I don't think about a whole lot and I don't have a real good sense of what works on TV and what doesn't but we're, we're getting there. certainly and, something uh, that uh, it's it's, it's going to be a learning curve tomorrow. no doubt about it uh, Adam hang oh, on yeah. we're going to come back with more here in a moment at 800-259-9231 his show uh, kicking off this past week it's in his first week over on RT formerly known as Russia today I want to talk more about RT and their involvement in this and the allegations that their government funded. Uh, we'll come back and address that in your calls as well. If you've got a question for Adam, it's Free Talk Live. Hunting, shooting, camping, apparel, auto ATV, tactical gear, survival equipment. OutdoorBunker.com is your one-stop discount shop for all your outdoor survival needs. From scopes, holsters, and knives to backpacks, flashlights, sleeping bags, and more, OutdoorBunker.com features a massive selection at incredible prices. Orders over $100 get free shipping. FTL listeners, get the UTG Deluxe Universal Horizontal Shoulder Holster for only $9.95. I've got mine. Get yours at OutdoorBunker.com slash FTL now. Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. Though, if you've got a question for Adam Kokesh, uh, your calls will be given priority at the moment because he is with us on the phones here tonight talking about his brand new program, Adam versus the Man, uh, which is premiering on RT this week at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. I will tell you more about him and his show here in a moment. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you want to make of it. There'll certainly be some speeches and a debate, but the boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and a whole bunch more to do. There'll also be some shore excursions. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November, but you need to reserve your berth now. We've secured uh, some more rooms, but I can't promise you anything after April the 17th. Rooms are as low as about $600. Double, occupants, uh, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. 
Do it today, cruise.freetalklive.com. All right, Adam Kokesh is with us from adamversustheman.com, his website, uh, and he's kicked off a brand new television show this week, which unfortunately is uh, in live competition with uh, with Free Talk Live. That's, <laughs> that's my only complaint about the show, uh, Adam, but otherwise I think that uh, you've done a, a pretty amazing job here right out the gate. Well, thanks, Owen, and uh, we really uh, appreciate all the support that you guys have given us, but you know what? You got to get me on on a, on a Saturday when you are when you're broadcasting Albuquerque out of my old radio station. Actually, we we're not. They pulled us off the air old. around the same time they pulled you off. Uh, we were on. K- oh, yeah, we were no. on. Right, we were on KIVA uh, Kiva in Albuquerque, New Mexico, yeah. on Saturdays, and they took our show live. And they, you were on during. I think it was weeknights. Um, and mm-hmm. I guess Friday, the weeknights nine to eleven for Kiva. Yeah, the program director called me up and uh, and he said that uh, they're taking us off and it's not because of anything we did. It's because they wanted to change the I guess the focus of the radio station to be more positive. And I was like, wait a minute, Free Talk Live is a really positive mm-hmm. show. I mean, we're talking about freedom and uh, and you know how to get there from here without violence. Yeah. You know? Yeah, don't take that person. I think I think the the people in charge there have a, a, an idea of positive. That they confuse with non-confrontational. Ah, yeah. Well, whatever. You know, it's free talk live's not right for everybody, so that's just how it is. Yep. And so now you've taken your show, which you, your radio show was called Adam versus the Man. You've uh, refashioned yep. it, repurposed it into a television program. But real quick, before I, I want to talk about RT and and who they are. But first of all, tell my listeners uh, who may not be aware of you, Adam, who is Adam Kokesh? I mean, what's your uh, what's your history? Uh, well, I was in the Marines. I guess uh, I started when I was 17. I enlisted out of uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and I uh, went reserve so I could go to college. Then in 2004, volunteered to go to Iraq, and I served in Fallujah as a sergeant on the Marine Corps Civil Affairs team. And I, I was always a, a libertarian before that, but what made the difference for me with, uh, out from my service was making a connection to from from being i guess you would say an, an intellectual libertarian who you know someone who can look at the issues and go well duh this makes sense less government works better to a philosophical libertarian who understands that voluntarism as a as a way of promoting freedom as a way of you know a philosophy of organizing society ensuring that all human interactions are free of violence force and coercion and, and and understanding the, the morality, you know, the, the significance of that, I, I realized coming back from Iraq that when we talk about politics, it, it's not just academic. It's really matters of, of life and death and morality for everyday people in everyday situations. When you understand the nature of government, as George Washington did when he said, it is not eloquence, it is not reason, it is force, like fire, a dangerous servant, and a fearful master. So that was uh, really influential for me, and then I got home and uh, – wasn't politically active for a while, dealt with post-traumatic stress disorder, went back to, to school, finished my degree, and uh, moved to D.C. to get a master's at George Washington University. And that was when I, I just came across the website, Iraq Veterans Against the War, and was like, hey, crap, that's that's me, mm-hmm. and signed up and was very active with them. Uh, unfortunately, learned that really the anti-war movement, as it was, uh, had been inflated financially by people that were really just backers of the Democratic Party that were manipulating people in this country that are anti-war for the right reasons in order to get President Obama elected, or well, worse, it could have been President Clinton. But uh, So I, I've, I've kind of moved past that because I think speaking out about, you know, we, we speak out the, about, about the war in Iraq at this point isn't very relevant. You know, we, we kind of won 
the public debate on that, and a lot of activists and a lot of veterans who are with me, who are who are more on the conservative side of the spectrum than you know some of the hyper liberals that were put forth as leaders in the anti-war movement, had kind of a disillusionment, and it was like, okay, so we won the debate on Iraq, and we got Obama, seriously. So we're looking at some of the deeper issues behind that, and when you do issue advocacy and you completely turn around public opinion to your side of an issue, and the politics don't change, you have to, to, to question the, the value of what you were doing. And so I kind of went through that. I ended up deciding to run for Congress. I was endorsed by Ron Paul and ran in my home district, New Mexico, uh, to represent Santa Fe, the northern third of the state. And I, I lost in the primary. We did an incredible job raising money and had a lot of support from people all over the country. But we got outflanked by, uh, well, outflanked is probably a nice way of saying stabbed in the back by the leadership of the Republican Party in that race. But it got me into radio, and uh, I, did, I did six months of radio before getting promoted to national television, and here I am. It's a great story. What what was it that uh, clued RT into you? I mean, this is uh, the network formerly known as Russia Today. That's what RT uh, sta- stands for. Sure. And recently, their profile, I think, has been on the rise. Uh, they have been, at least certainly within the liberty movement, I've been seeing a lot of great reporting out of RT. They're mm-hmm. very critical of the U.S. Uh, federal government and its activities. And they've had people like Scott Horton from Anti-War Radio on as guests in the past. And I guess you've been a guest in the past as well. Uh, is that mm-hmm. How did you get connected with them? How'd that happen? I think that's how they first came to hear about me was when I was living in D.C., active with Iraq Veterans Against the War, that I was a guest a lot. And they they had me on at least several times during my congressional campaign. They had me on several times by Skype from New Mexico. So they had a sense of my message. And I guess since I had demonstrated that I could put together a show every day and, and talk for two hours, I had enough content uh, that they decided to you know, consider me for a TV show. And I got an email in January from the head of the D.C. Bureau here saying, would you be interested in producing and hosting a show on our network? And the thing about RT, they are government-funded. Those aren't allegations. That's the fact. But they're making propaganda against the American government that happens to be the truth, and truth is the best propaganda. If you compare what their coverage is to the other major networks in America, that's the communist news. It's not, it's not RT. It's not Russia Today. And it's funny because I've been attacked now a couple of times just online with, with blog posts and, and things like that. Uh, oh, KGB TV, of course they're subverting Kokesh. And it's like, well, who are you calling KGB TV? If you look at the government propaganda that we get from Fox and CNN and MSNBC, all the crap, unquestioning of what the government is doing. And, and, and communism, by the way, the, you know, the... Hold that thought on the communism. We'll come back here uh, with more of this discussion with uh, Adam Kokesh from AdamVersusTheMan.com. His new show on RT uh, airs at 7 o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday. We'll come back more, talk about more about RT and who they are and what they're up to. So I think it's a very interesting uh, aspect of, uh, of all this. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. 
Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of features there for you. Uh, Listening options are included. Broadband and dial-up versions of the show. You can listen around the clock 24-7 to the latest episode of Free Talk Live there. Uh, Plus, we've got 90-something great radio stations that carry our show from coast to coast. You can learn about those. Our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, as well as our free-to-air satellite channel, uh, the webcam and listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Help you get Free Talk Live into your ears over at listen.freetalklive.com. And coming up this June 20th through the 26th, the biggest freedom-themed event of 2011. It's happening. Uh, Will you be there? We will. Free Talk Live is going to be broadcasting live from the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It is happening again, and if you haven't been before, make a point of coming this time. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger year after year. JJ is going to be putting together the musical roundup. That's right. There's going to be, is it like a battle of the bands, or is it just people playing music? It's, it's more casual. It's definitely not a battle. Okay, that's good. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. There's everything from you know adult activities like parties uh, to kids' stuff as well, family fun, agorism and action, just so much going on over an entire week. There are tours of New Hampshire as well that you'll be able to get involved in, so it's a great excuse to come up, see New Hampshire, get familiar with the the sort of the lay of the land and also meet hundreds of like-minded liberty-oriented people who are all together in the same place now adam kokesh i know that we've met i think briefly I'm at i'll be there <laughs> what's that your soul <laughs> I'm sold. I'll be there. Well, that's excellent news because I know you've been to New Hampshire before. I know we've met briefly at yep. least at a, a past Liberty yep. Forum. But have you been to Porkfest before? I have yet to catch a Porkfest. It'll be my first. Wow. Okay, excellent. It is definitely worth uh, the trip, and it might make for an interesting, I don't know, short clip for uh, or package for your show. Uh, because oh, there's... yes. We'll be covering it. We'll be covering it. We'll definitely have some fun with it. Fantastic. Awesome. There's all kinds of interesting characters up at the uh, Porcupine Freedom Festival. Take take your experience from the Liberty Forum and then make it you know another ten times more loose and fun, and uh, and you've got uh, the Pork Fest. I yeah, I definitely plan on having a, a small crew there for my TV show as well, so... Should be interesting to catch. There's so much going on though that it's so difficult to have your camera in the right spot because uh, behind you is so much more <laughs> is happening. So, uh, but uh, one thing back to the RT thing. I, I watch a lot of RT and I really enjoy a lot of their programming. But they definitely have this like anti Fox News bent, and they they definitely attack a lot of what Fox News says and uh, just sort of challenge that that aspect of of uh, the media. And I, I really mm-hmm. appreciate that for for them doing that because I personally don't don't like Fox News and their programming. Uh, what what is it like working with the RT people? Do they do they uh, sort of influence you at all? Do they 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 kind of uh, maybe guide you or or tip you off on certain things? Well, the majority of them are sort of the, the cream of the crop of young American professional journalists who don't want to work for those major American corporatized networks. And, and one of the reasons is, well, if, if I could get back, I guess, to, to the idea about communism, you know, the, the slogan for communism is from each according to their ability to each according to their need. Well, in the United States, 
we have a progressive income tax and a massive welfare state, which seems to me like the embodiment of the communist slogan. Mm-hmm. And the way that we get our media here in the United States through corporatized outlets who depend on corporate revenue for uh, for, for their advertisers, and they're a product of American corporatism themselves who enjoy the benefits of the American system of corporatism and the unique access that they are granted by the government to special privilege information that allows them to produce, uh, you know, the maybe more immediate or engaging need-to-know television. They're not, you know, when, when the White House is deciding who gets to sit in the press briefing room, you know, they're not going to go with the people that are going to challenge the president, except in a way that will be the, uh, you know, controlled opposition. Hmm. So really what all the American corporate networks are, are a pro-big government communist message. And from RT, you get, at least in my show, the free market constitutional voluntarist message. And that's the journalistic space that RT has created for us. You know, the, the Russian government... If you, if you view governments as competing protection rackets, they have an interest in keeping the other competing protection rackets relatively honest, and, and that's what we're doing there. I think it's a, I think it's a very interesting aspect of all this uh, because a lot of people in the liberty movement are going to look at this and they're going to say, well, this is this is bad. I mean, how how could Adam take this deal from the uh, the Russian government? I mean, this is blood money uh, that is uh, is flowing into uh, to his show. And yeah, well, it's actually less so than Napolitano and Stossel taking money from Fox. Why do you say that? Well, because they're they're getting money from an American major media corporation that exists because they're able to be the mouthpiece for the American government, or at least the loyal, controlled opposition. If anything, that's the blood money from our government. Now, if for whatever reason you run into a situation where you have to criticize the Russian government, and I can't say that that's happened too often in the course of my career as doing a, uh, a talk show that's centered here mm-hmm. in the United States, but um, you know, I, it just doesn't happen too often. I really don't like what happened there in, in Georgia um, a couple of years ago, but other than that, you know, it just doesn't happen in the course of my day. But if you have to come across a situation where you want to criticize the Russian government, how's that go for you? Well, we talked about it briefly when we put together yesterday's show about the Internet, because there was uh, a development in Russia. I forget the details where they had the, the, uh, the government there was making some move to exert greater control over the Internet, unsurprisingly. Uh, not nearly as egregious as what's going on here with Durbin's proposal for an, an Internet sales tax and, uh, you know, some of the proposals for, for kill switch or for, very, or for net neutrality, you know, regulating Internet service providers. Um, and, and I brought it up in the editorial meeting. I ended up not talking about it because it wasn't really relevant. But I, I kind of brought it up, made a point to bring it up in the editorial meeting just to make sure that, the, you know, the, uh, the bureau chief who, who sits in on that wouldn't object, and he didn't. And I've, you know, I've made it clear that I'm going to take that full editorial control. They always have the right, you know, they've reserved the right to not air any particular episode. Like I said, we're on live to tape or uh, from six to six thirty, and the show airs at seven. So they have the opportunity to cut out something I've said, but they'll uh, never be in a position to tell me that I can't say something. And like I said, if they do, the viewers will know about it right away. And if they decide to just not air a block of the show. It's going to be pretty obvious, and if anything, they know that they've put me in a position where if I said something that they didn't like and they cut a block from my show, 
I would go straight home and get on my computer and maybe just for my webcam, tell people what happened and, and what it was that we were trying to say that, that well, got cut. And I have that free reign. I'm very confident in that. Uh, you know, they might they might feel that they have the need to, to, to keep something from going on air if they think it. I mean, more likely it's because I'm going to get in trouble with the FCC or get them in trouble with the FCC than be in trouble with, with their editorial control. So far, you know, it's been great. They've been very supportive of my creative vision for the show as, and my uh, message being there unrestrained. And as you said, it's written into your contract that you have full editorial control over your show. So I think it's just kind of ironic that, you know, here you are doing this show about uh, freedom and liberty on a, a network that is funded by the Russian government, but it is mm-hmm. a much more principled uh, network, a much more principled show than you're going to find on the other mainstream networks in uh, in America. I, where, you know, I can understand the, the dilemma that there might be, that you might face, at least to some extent, because on one hand, I'm sure you don't want to take money that has been stolen from other people, but yet on the other hand, right. it is such a great opportunity and one that is certainly not going to be extended anywhere else. I mean, CNN and MSNBC aren't exactly beating down uh, libertarians' doors or liberty-minded people's doors to get them to do uh, television programming. So, uh, you know, same thing with Free Talk Live. I mean, if we want to get this show on radio stations and get the uh, get yeah. the word out of all the pundits that they put on. On all of these talking head uh, shows, Free Talk Live has never been asked. I mean, every talk show host, every mm-hmm. radio talk show host in America gets put on these things. No, but what I'm saying is, Mark, we have to uh, bend to certain rules, the government, the FCC's rules, in order to do this radio sure. show. And some people will critique us for that. Well, you guys aren't principled because you're, you're on FCC licensed stations. You don't the FBI up. But, bomb. but yeah. on the other hand, we're getting the word out. More with Adam Kokesh in moments. Free- You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait, there's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to libertystickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. Libertystickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. If you've got a question for Adam Kokesh, he is with us here. Uh, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. You like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do it by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. You'll find links there to Amazon, uh, one for the U.S., the U.K., Canada, Germany. Click on the appropriate link for your country, and then you'll be brought to Amazon. You'll get your shopping done just as you normally would. Experience the same huge selection and great prices and free super saver shipping that Amazon has. And feel good, because when you're checking out, you won't see it anywhere. It won't be indicated, but 
you can know that if you've entered through our links at shop.freetalklive.com, a portion of the profits that Amazon makes will be sent to Free Talk Live. So it's a great way to get the stuff that you're looking for in life and also support Free Talk Live at the same time. Once again, that's shop.freetalklive.com. We've got Adam Kokesh with us. He is uh, definitely one of the more prominent uh, people in the liberty movement, especially now with the launch of his brand new television program. It's a half an hour long every single night during the week. So Monday through Friday on RT. And you might ask yourself, maybe, maybe you've never heard of RT. What what is RT? How do you how do you see RT? Well, RT, I've, I've bragged about. Uh, I guess I've, I don't know. Bragged about them. Brag is not the right word. I guess lauded them. I suppose on the air before because I'm I'm impressed uh, with what RT has done. They are really well distributed. In fact internationally distributed uh, rt is available we we mentioned our free to air satellite channel uh it's uh, our satellite channel covers all of north america so canada mexico uh the us and we're on the same satellite as rt so the satellite galaxy 19 has a bunch of different free television and free radio stations uh on there and free talk live is one of the programs on lrn.fm and RT is not just uh, in North America. It's also broadcast worldwide on something like 12 or 13 different satellites. It's on cable uh, cable networks like you know Comcast and Time Warner in, in different places as well. And I imagine they're aggressively expanding as much as possible. I mean, I have to say, uh, Adam, I'm really impressed with RT and what they've been able to do as far as getting their content out. And, of course, now your show's part of that. So you're really – you're all over the place, literally. Yeah. Well, you know what, on our first episode, as long as we've been talking about some of the other corporatized news outlets here in the United States, I really tore into uh, Beck and O'Reilly, Hannity, even Stewart, and uh, uh, Chris Matthews, Ed Schultz. But really, the lead guys at Fox kind of ripped them a new one. And the judge used to have me on his show on a a regular basis. Uh, And... Since we announced the show with RT, at least, I can't even get one of his producers to call me back. Hmm. I don't know if he has editorial control of the show or not, but I'd like to issue a challenge for him to prove it by having me on now. Because he had me on, he's had me on at least half a dozen times uh, over, over the last, uh, or since, he's, since he's had the TV show. Uh, but I, I can't even uh, get through to him or through to one of his producers at this point. So I, I hope it wouldn't be because... Fox News is putting the screws on him in any way. But if he wants to prove that he has full editorial control, here's an opportunity for him. You know, it's it's one of these things that's, um, you know, it's it's sort of a like a puffer fish contest. Once uh, somebody who's in a media when to, to interview somebody else in the media, often when you're in the media is a much bigger deal at the time. You had no, you know, you, you weren't in any way, you weren't in the national media scene, even if you had a local talk show. You know, it's just not, right. it's not the same thing. Um, it's, sure. it's, it's one of the same things that Free Talk Live deals with, as I was mentioning. You know, there's, <laughs> there are a bevy of cable news talk networks out there. They could have us on to talk about the, uh, the perspective of voluntar- voluntarism or, uh, you know, whatever issue, for whatever issue. I, and, I would love to see you guys on Fox as commentators sometime, but I'm not holding my breath. Right. And there's just the, reason it seems to me that they're not going to do it isn't that they're stifling the message because you know uh, i think that uh, they they had you, they had you on and and obviously not trying to stifle um your message it's that 
once it's a uh, once you're a national media outlet, then another national media outlet having you on is kind of like endorsing going and listening to that. So it's much more difficult uh, to kind of get around that. Well, I'm hoping to have the judge on after he has me on to give some commentary on some of the constitutional issues that we're going to be discussing as well. And it happens all the time. I mean, you look at how often uh, Stuart has O'Reilly on. Maybe, maybe I have to publish a book first. I'll, judge, I'll give you. T- I'll, I'll give you till uh, till my book comes out in a, in a month or two here, and and then and then we'll see. So, uh, guys, any other questions that you've got for? Adam? Well, we got tax season coming up here, Adam. Is there any special show with the uh, the tax day coming up? Um, it's it's a day I like to ignore, but I think we're going to have to cover it for the show. Yeah, we're going to be talking about tax resistance. We're going to be talking about uh, the, the the idea that you you don't have any obligation to give anything to the government that you legitimately own that you have as justly acquired property. Because the uh, as a free individual, as a human being, you own yourself, and as ver- by virtue of owning yourself, you own the product of your labor. But really, I mean, you look at you know like the target uh, audience for our show being the millennial generation. Their first these, these are kids who are coming out of, of high school, and their first paycheck is missing a big chunk. And when the government tells them, "Hey, it's this is for essential services. This is for roads and schools," and yeah, yeah, yeah and they go. Wait, really? And they look at the budget, and they see that that's an infinitesimally small part of it compared to the entitlement programs and the bailouts and the handouts for (laughs) all the corporate banker pals of people in power and for the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan and Libya and Pakistan and you know, God knows how many other countries we have troops. Well, as you've said, uh, people that are younger are going to figure this stuff out faster because they're online. Oh, you yeah. know, kind of. I'm glad you brought that back up because it reminds me of a question I'd wanted to ask before. It never really strikes me that uh, young people are too interested in uh, news media content. What? How do you right. plan on bringing young people into finding your show in the first place? I mean, how many? I don't think very many young people have free-to-air satellite setups are going to receive RT, so they'll have to <laughs> kind of stumble across it or get the word out online. There's going to be some sort of a marketing oh, yeah. campaign here, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. We've invested in that. We've put a lot of effort towards, uh, towards our marketing efforts in making sure that we're reaching out to people online. Uh, you know, even the Nielsen ratings that come out for shows like this aren't as accurate metrics as YouTube views. So it really makes a big difference in terms of just how many YouTube views we can get in terms of de- determining our value for the network. But, you know, the, the Nielsen ratings are good, but they, they kind of measure a different thing, and they're, they're corrupt in and of themselves, and they're not nearly as accurate. But that, getting to that younger generation means making it relevant to them, and it means making sure that you're not talking about stuff that's just being talked about because people on Capitol Hill are talking about it. You know, we could have gotten into the budget debate this week, but... It's not really relevant, and it's the same old crap. You know, they're mm. going to have a back and forth, and everybody's going to have their posture in Washington, and they're going to figure some way to keep screwing the rest of us over really, really hard. So giving people who are coming into politics uh, really, in some ways, with a greater perspective that they've been given by the Internet, but also because of how horrible our education or misinformation or indoctrination public school system has become, they are missing some big chunks of understanding about the nature of government and how it works. And if you go and say, well, there's a, there's a budget debate and we have to raise the debt ceiling, that doesn't mean anything to them. Yeah. But if you explain to them the, the impact and you put it in terms that are, that are under seasonally understandable, that don't make assumptions that these are people who have been following the political debate for years, you can break it down in a way that connects to, to young people. But 
at the same time, the one thing that they don't get from any of the traditional discussions in mainstream media is empowerment. There's nobody that's forward-looking that's saying, look, this is coming up. This is how you get involved. This is how you get engaged. Yeah, there aren't very many shows that are going to be like yours, which are, you know, completely outside of the box, uh, outside the left-right paradigm. And clearly, you know, you mentioned, I think you said you're 29 years old. So you've got the look of a younger person as well, which, again, is very unheard (laughs) of uh, when it comes to a lot of these uh, talking head shows. Yeah, it matters. I mean, you know, it's just (laughs) some old guy with white hair is not relevant to a young person. Clearly, you've got a lot to say, and what you say has a very voluntarist message to it. And I think... Think that anything that we can do to get that out there is important, and that's one of the reasons why. When I heard about this, I said, "All right, I got to check the show out." I checked it out, and mm-hmm. then I wanted to. And, and Nino, I guess one of your producers, she happened to get in mm-hmm. touch with me before I was able to even reach out to you. So it was one of those synergistic things where Excellent. I was kind of moving on the path toward uh, reaching out to you guys, and then poof, there she was uh, talking about getting you on the show. And so here you are, and of course, as Mark pointed out, you know, uh, yeah, your your show's on at the same time as ours is live. Uh, we start at seven o'clock Eastern. You're is also seven o'clock Eastern. So uh, yeah, highly endorse the program. I think it's uh, it's got a great start, and I hope that it takes off for you. And hopefully, we can send at least some uh, some of our live listeners over to your YouTube channel after Free Talk yep. Live uh, is over at some point, and they can go and check it out. Well, and the best way to do that is to go to your website, AdamVersusTheMan.com. Yep. Click on episodes. Correct. Yeah, and it, it wasn't just the time slot uh, that we ripped off from you. The idea of listener or, or audience interaction that you guys do so well, we're taking a heart as well, and I really want to encourage your, your listeners or anybody who wants to get involved in helping make my show something of value to the freedom movement as yours is. Go to the website, adamversustheman.com Find me on Facebook. I appreciate it, man. We're short Facebook. on time, but I don't, I, consider a it a, I don't consider it a rip-off. You just gotta borrow great ideas, and we'll put you on hold. So uh, more coming up here. Hour two's next. Free time. Are you ready to explore New Hampshire, meet more than a thousand freedom-loving friends, and experience the free market in action? You can do all of these things and more at the Free State Project's 2011 Porcupine Freedom Festival at Rogers Campground in beautiful Lancaster, New Hampshire. Porkfest has games, hikes, live music, dance parties, fun activities for kids, and even state-free weddings. And of course, Porkfest features the famous Agora Valley, where the free market thrives. You won't want to miss speakers like Stefan Molyneux and Janiel Shulman, but the best part of Porkfest is being surrounded by more than a thousand like-minded, freedom-loving friends. The fun begins on June 20th, 2011, and doesn't stop until the 26th. Porkfest 2011 is the biggest liberty-oriented event in the world. This year, you can be a part of it. Don't miss out. Visit Porkfest.com today. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Use coupon code FREETALKLIVE, all one word, for 20% off. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Now then, Mark, uh, throughout the week we've been... 
slowly grinding through uh, this piece, <laughs> which isn't a particularly long piece necessarily. No, it's really not. It's but just, we just we just get a lot more calls than we used to. It also engenders a lot of conversation as well, yeah. and uh, and that's okay. So we've been talking about the seven sins of the forced indoctrination system, the forced education system in this in this country. The article is from Psychology Today. It's written by uh, Peter Gray. Peter Gray, who is a college professor. And as you pointed out, this guy is not a liberty-minded person necessarily, nope. but he certainly gets it when it comes to this particular issue. And that is the, the government uh, is essentially creating a prison system for children. Right. He makes it very clear that uh, – and, and, you know, and, and lays it out as to why public school is a prison. And, you know, you're forced to be there. Uh, they call it compulsory education. They don't call it compulsory because you have an option. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, for the seven deadly sins of uh, our, our school system, number one is denial of liberty on the basis of age. So if you're between the ages of six and 16 or 18, depending on your, the state you're in, the, the law says that they can deny you liberty. Beyond that age, you have to be convicted of a crime. But in that age, basically, we're teaching our kids this sort of uh, they, we start them out in prison and then they get free. Mm-hmm. Do we really want to start our kids out in prison and then let them free as opposed to teaching them to be free? Number two, fostering the shame on shame on one hand and hubris on the other regarding the the, the sort of testing racket that goes on in school. Kids that, that test well will uh, develop hubris over their other classmates and and those that do not will develop a, a sense of shame. Not Neither only one of these are good. Not only that. I mean, that's, that's certainly true because the people that don't get good grades, they look da- they're looked down upon and then that can manifest into even worse behavior. Like, for instance, something that I encountered when I was in government school was this attitude that it's cool to fail. Like, because you've been looked down on so much by the people, the people that are uh, the lofty, high-graded uh, kids, you just kind of – some people will come to accept that and wear it as a badge of pride uh, that, uh, well, instead of feeling bad about themselves, we'll just feel good about ourselves because we're failing, because it's cool to fail. Right. And I, that's not a very uh, constructive thing to have happen either. I think this is where the establishment of the class system begins, especially for the young people. Is there's there's the people who are successful who don't who do uh, the book work and and toe the line and then they're treated special they get the AP classes or the uh, the the classes where they can uh, get away with more because they're you know they're in with the teachers and then there's the group of people who don't fit in this paradigm and they are shunned and they are put into a in in house suspension in some cases. And uh, there's all all kinds. There's like the classes. At least when I, in my high school, there was the classes for the people who were basically. I, I don't want to say dropouts because they were still in school, mm-hmm. but they've dropped out of the idea of education. And so they're that, there because they have to be. Yeah, and they they took the blue collar classes, like the shop class and the you know the sort of labor classes. Whereas I was, I I wasn't one of those kids who exceeded it because i really didn't care about school what classes i enjoyed i did well at and what classes i didn't i got c's and d's because mm-hmm. i didn't really care but i i did have a little bit more of an edge as far as uh learning quickly and and, and comprehending so i was in some of the advanced classes and i could definitely see the difference between going into an advanced class and it was very casual it was very much like they treated you like an adult and then seeing my friends come to me and talk to me about their classes where they were in this shop class and there was basically babysitting 101 
and the, the teacher was just there to make sure they didn't hurt each other and hurt themselves yeah. and get through the school day. So much of school is about that. And I had an interesting, I went from private school, uh, junior high, I went seventh and eighth grade, and I was, I believe, every semester in seventh and eighth grade, either on the honor roll or on the dean's list. Um, and then I went in ninth grade to public school. And what I found was I, I did, of course, end up in all I was all in all the honors classes at that time, but I failed several of them. Mm. Why? Because nobody you cared. You didn't change. It was the school. <laughs> right. I went from one year on the dean's list to the next year failing a couple of courses. It's not because the coursework was harder. It's because, well, for one thing, the teachers just didn't care as much. Uh, they got their paycheck one way or the other, whether I passed or failed. It didn't mean anything to them. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, teachers are listening right now and they're saying, oh, but, but, but it, it, they've got excuses and whatever they are. But those are the facts. I went from a, a private school where my parents paid, you know, thousands of dollars to send me uh, a year to a public Public school where other people's parents sent uh, spent thousands of dollars to send me to school and I failed in it. I literally saw that that distinction when when I was gra- I graduated in ninety seven in uh, a suburb of Milwaukee and a lot of the teachers that I had especially for the advanced classes obviously I was a senior uh, at the time but the the teachers were were retiring either the year I finished or the year after I finished so they left the system. And then my brother was coming up. My sister and brother are both younger than me, one by three years, the other by 11. So then I got their sort of feedback about what's going on. And my brother straight up said, they don't care anymore. They, the new teachers that are in here now, that are doing their jobs, the, the next generation of teachers are just there to collect their checks. Hmm. And they don't like dealing with the problems that, that come with uh, children from other parents and all that sort of stuff. So I think... Um, there are some teachers that were doing a very good job that did care, that did apply a lot of effort, but that sort of generation, uh, the percentage of people in that generation, you know, retired, and that the good teachers in this next generation are so few and far between that it, it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't have much of an impact. So I can go on with the article here um, from Peter Gray at Psychology Today. Number three of the uh, seven deadly the seven sins of public education interference with the development of cooperation and nurturance we are intent an intensely social species designed for cooperation children naturally want to help their friends and even in school they find ways to do so but our competition-based system of ranking and grading students works against the cooperative drive too much help given by one student to another is cheating Helping others may even mm. hurt the helper by raising the grading curve and lowering the helper's position on it. Do you understand? Sort of. Okay. So if you give, if I give JJ too much help, I'll be, um, I could be uh, raising the grading curve by lowering my position on it. So if I, you know, the the curve can, if I, if JJ does too well, then that affects. If everybody the, does too well, then the cur- there's not as much of a curve. Right. It, it can affect your grade uh, poorly. So it, you know, you're just. For the classes of, that have curves, I guess not all yeah, of them do. You're incentivized for whatever reason to stop that uh, behavior. Some of those students who hmm. most strongly buy into schools um, understand this as well. They become ruthless achievers. Moreover, as I have uh, urged in previous posts, the forced age segregation that occurs in schools itself promotes competition and bullying and inhibits the development of nurturance. Throughout human history, children and adolescents have learned to be caring and helpful through their interactions with younger children. 
the age-graded system deprives them of such opportunities. This is my single biggest complaint about school in America. And I'm not talking about public school. I'm talking about all schools. The idea that you can take all five-year-olds, stick them in a class together, and that that's the way to do it. It seems to me absolutely nonsensical. And uh, to it, the the... The, the nicest kids, the most well-behaved kids I've ever met have been homeschooled kids, mm-hmm. kids that have grown up around more adults than kids, at least. They, they get out, they play, they, they have their little groups and stuff like that, but they just don't have this, that Lord of the Flies thing that goes on in a class of one teacher and 25 kids, you know, where they, you just can't watch it, you just can't control this behavior. Um, they get out there in the recess, the teachers can't possibly see what was going out the, going on out there in the recess uh, field, kids hitting each other with sticks and God knows what. Well, look at one of the other things that goes on with the ages and the classes. I mean, in high school, for instance, in a a lot of places freshmen are picked on right i mean you're yeah. oh you're new you're, it's okay right we've been through this it's before acceptable. it's like a hazing that uh, that goes on where the seniors will pick on the freshmen and then you know four years later or whatever the the freshmen get to do the same who are now seniors get to do the same thing to the freshmen and it's just this very abusive kind of mentality uh, that that goes on and if people were not divided up by age I've started playing a new online game. It's called Mine Things. It's a free online mining game created by a free stater. It's all in your browser. There's nothing weird to download. Your little mining robot guy can mine for you 24-7. You don't even need to be logged in. You compete with other players for resources in a capitalist economy. The virtually mined gold demonstrates the concept of sound money and is exchanged between players tax-free. They even accept bitcoins. Go to MineThings.com and start mining today. It's free. MineThings.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free on the site, so enjoy those. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for their websites. Go and enjoy freetalklive.com at your leisure. Uh, and again, it's all of all the features there, totally free for you. Archives, listening options, etc. freetalklive.com. It's the shirt that you use most, the white dress shirt. And Paul Frederick has it for you in athletic trim, big and tall, for $19.95. There are more than 55 sleeve, fit, and collar combinations. If you've tried to buy dress shirts before and you know maybe gone to the discount stores or something trying to get one uh, at a low price, you know that that collar or the sleeve length or the waist, they're always the wrong size. And having the wrong size shirt makes you look funny and feel out of place. Go ahead. Get one that fits. Get a quality shirt and get it for 20 bucks. The price is unheard of. You can also get free monogramming, too. Monogramming makes a shirt stand out. It makes people say, huh, there's a guy who cares about his shirt. Use promo code TUCK at 1995shirt.com. Again, it's promo code T-U-C-K at 1995shirt.com. All right, let's go to the phones and the fun. Talking about education. Of course, you can bring up anything you'd like at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Kevin, listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Hello, Kevin. Hello. Um, I started first grade when John Kennedy first came into office, and one of his famous slogans was, a rising tide lifts all boats. But in regards to our educational system now, we're all in submarines. 
and we're so far below the surface, we can't even breathe right now. It's just, I so, so agree with everything you said. Like last night you were talking about administration. There's like triple the administrative individuals. And in Indiana, our legislature is run by ministers, teachers, and administrators. And that's why 70 cents of every tax dollar is going to education. It's a huge racket. And I have 12 years of public of private school, so it's a little hard for me to comment. But I can see you can't even have correct change anymore. And yeah. the way kids... Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done. No, no, it's true. <laughs> I mean, when you go... When you go someplace, you really have to count your change. Well, if if you're a tyrannical government bent on controlling the nation, don't you want slaves that are stupid, dumb, that can't learn, can't comprehend? I mean, you don't want the bright, intelligent people able to figure out that everything is screwed up, do you? I mean, seriously. Well, I did help. Um, I helped develop the I-STEP test, and I can give you a little insight really quickly because you touched on this a little earlier about what? dumbing things. Damn. What was but, it you helped develop? I'm sorry, I missed that. The test that determines if someone can graduate from high school. Okay. So first of all, the test is at a sixth grade level, and how <laughs> they grade it is percentile. So in other words, you can be in the 99 percentile, the top 1% of the students. However, you could answer the questions only 50% of the time correct. In other words, you could score 50% on the test, but because no one else scored higher than you, you're in the top 99%. So mm. everything's going down. And you're graded, one, two, you're graded one, two, three, and four. And most of the time, they tell us to start at three when we're grading the test. And it's so easy to meet the criteria of three. And if not, it's a two. And sometimes you flip a four because you just, it's just human nature. So very rarely, are you, if I correctly graded the scores and raised the standards a little bit on the knowledge that the kids are taught, most of the kids would not pass the test. Incredible. Yes, it's and really a, an indictment on uh, the public school system. Well, that's in Indiana, and I think that's pretty much across the board. I think you'd find that whole the, the governor from Pennsylvania, ex-governor, said it best: "We're all a, we're a nation of wimps, and that that's why the Chinese are just beating our brains out. They're doing calculus as they're walking through a, a rainstorm to get to work. But well, we can't even go to a ball game now because it's too cold." Thanks for the call tonight, Kevin. I appreciate Thank hearing you. from you at 800-259-9231. JJ, when you uh, um, were, sure. were talking there about, um, you know, what what would you want from your populace if you were trying to educate them? You know, everything as a government, yeah, yeah. tyrannical every, government. Every li- everything in life, uh, and, and especially politics, can be uh, brought back to Star Wars. And the fact is that uh, stormtroopers, they were bred, they were uh, clones, yes. bred to be sort of, you know, mentally compliable. You know, that 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 they would believe what they were told by their superiors. People have to believe these things, and this is the really the sort of activity. What what do we have in school? Well, we have we have a situation where people are, you know, the, the education systems diminishing over time but you can make you can be sure those kids are saying the pledge of allegiance every day oh and they're learning about the government and yeah. how useful the government yeah, is abraham lincoln was a savior i mean if you if you look at the textbooks that these kids are reading from and and i think they've gotten worse and worse as time goes on but i remember the ones that i was reading from and uh you know the, the whole thing about abraham lincoln you made this little this little picture of him with his top hat and his beard, and and we we sang the praises of of all of that good that he did, and then you come to find out the actual history of what really happened. Yeah, just read his inaugural addresses. Forget the Gettysburg address. Read the second inaugural address of Abraham Lincoln. 
Right. I mean, I'm talking like the suspending habeas corpus, putting journalists in prison, uh, persecuting free speech, and basically shutting it down in large sections of, of the, the only the slaves union. he freed weren't in his country. Right. I mean, he allowed slavery all through. In his lifetime, Abraham Lincoln never freed a single slave. So what I liken it to, and this is this is a chuckle for the video game people out there. It's like if you if you played an RTS. This is this public school is the building you click on to get drones. That's about it. It's like I need more drones for my drone army, so I'll just click on my public school and build fifty thousand drones. There we go. Let's uh, talk to Richard, listening in Norfolk to WTAR. Hello, Richard. How y'all doing this evening? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Man, um, let's start with Lincoln. Um, Lincoln certainly wanted to end slavery, but he didn't want to leave the blacks here. That's why he bought Liberia was to ship all the blacks to Af- back, back to Africa. He did not believe that the whites and blacks could live together. That much was true, and I think Liberia was actually purchased after his um, his death, but that was that was his plan. But what you need to understand is when you read the, um, the second inaugural address, uh, he made it clear to the southern states, that as long as they returned to the Union, they could keep their slaves. Abraham Lincoln didn't do... Uh, he was an abolitionist. I'm not going to say he wasn't. He certainly was. And it was one of the reasons the southern states decided to secede, but he didn't like he didn't free any slaves. He wanted the union to stick together. Yeah, that's what he wanted. Yeah, that that was his only concern. That was it. Um, let, let's get back to the school system. Sure. I just have one thing to say to parents. I personally was not blessed with children. Get your kids out of the government schools. Yeah, absolutely. Please, if you got to take two jobs, get them out of there. That is, if you ever, if you love your kids, get them out of the government schools. No doubt about it. Anything else you want to share tonight? I was on a school bus today making some repairs to it, and the names of the kids were over top of the seats, and it just about made you want to cry. One kid's name, I'm thinking they pronounced it Maurice. It was spelled M-Y-R-I-C-E. My Rice. It it makes you wonder why people would, uh, you know, do these odd spellings sometimes, doesn't it? The kid should be able to sue his parents. One kid's name was DuJour. Isn't that soup of the day in French? (laughs) Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll come back with more on the uh, seven sins of the forced education system in this country. You can take control of your airwaves, and I uh, will echo Richard's advice as another person who does not have kids. Get your kids out of the government schools, and Mark, you've got a child. I think you would agree. I'm all for homeschooling. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, that's 
freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian, JJ, and Mark. Uh, don't forget, those features include our news updates. You get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com and you can sign up for our emailed updates or follow us via Twitter or Facebook. Once again, go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for free. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle is an affordable, versatile, and reliable rifle. It'll deliver 10 rounds of 308 Winchester performance in a variety of situations. It's compact, lightweight, and accommodates a host of optics. It's a serious rifle for those serious about rifles. The perfect do-it-all bolt-action rifle where rugged, reliable Ruger meets practical tactical. The Ruger Gunsight Scout Rifle. The one rifle you have to have if you can have only one. Ruger.com. All right, so uh, we continue here, 800-259-9231. Let's go right back into your phone calls. Uh, we're talking about education. Of course, you can bring up anything. Let's talk to Charlie, listening in Virginia Beach to WTAR. Hello, Charlie. Charlie? And someone's there. I hear something. Hello? Charlie in Virginia Beach going once. Charlie in Virginia Beach going twice. Let's put him back on hold. Maybe he, I don't know, had to go somewhere. He'll wake up. Maybe he'll come back. All right. So uh, let's, in the meantime, continue here. Psychology Today, uh, running a piece, a very useful uh, piece that I, I think has been very accurate so far about the government indoctrination system. It's, they call it the forced education system. They're absolutely right. That's exactly what it is. And there are all kinds of consequences that come when you use force uh, and when you make it so that people must pay for a system that is, well, less than desirable. Yeah, and going on to number four here, the last one was uh, number three, the interference with the development of cooperation and nurturance. And I think that they, you know, my my favorite pet peeve about school in general, not just public school, is that they segregate kids based on age. And I'm sure they do this to make it easier to teach different kids different stuff. But I think that there's a real problem with it. And I think that, uh, and in it, you know, the the doctor here says that by separating them, you're Throughout human history, children and adolescents have learned to be caring and helpful through their interactions with younger children. Uh, the age-graded school system deprives them of such opportunities. And I often tell this story on air of when I think I was in kindergarten and this kid uh, who was in third grade seemed like a much bigger kid um, at the time. Obviously, he was. He I think it was a keep away situation and he like got my shoe back or something. I don't know what it was, but, um, you know, like I liked him and we, you know, I talked, I talked to him on the playground and stuff. And one time I went to his classroom I think he, so, he must've been in second grade. So actually. the third grader helped you retrieve your shoe. Yeah, from actually second, to... second grade. Now that I think about it, he helped you retrieve your shoe from someone who was trying to keep it from you. That's correct. Gotcha. You know, some kids my age were playing keep away, I think with my shoe or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they went on to bother somebody else once a larger kid came and got my shoe for me. <laughs> um, so I went to talk to his, you know, I, you know, I asked his teacher, where, where's Johnny? I don't know the kid's name anymore. And she said, you know, she basically started asking me a whole bunch of questions. She didn't want me playing with him. Mm. She didn't want me bothering him. She didn't want me being around him. And so weird. Yeah, it is weird. It's and it. I bet this happens time and time again. I think that it's just kind of beat into our skulls that look, you play with kids your own age. You don't mess with the older kids. You don't mess with the younger kids. And I don't know why. I don't know what it is uh, people um, are trying to get across there. But I think there's value in that. I'm sure it creates some situations where there's tension. I think the biggest problem is that school just, well, they've got one teacher and 25 kids. Next up. Yeah, number four. Interference with the development of personal responsibility and self-direction. 
a theme of the entire series of essays in this blog is that children are biologically predispositioned to take responsibility for their own education. They play and explore in ways that allow them to learn about the social and physical world around them. They think about their own future and take steps to prepare themselves for it. By confining children to school and um, other adult-directed settings and by filling their time with assignments, we deprive them of the opportunities and the time they need to assume such responsibility. Moreover, the implicit and sometimes explicit message of our forced schooling system is if you want if, – if you do what you're told in school, everything will work out well for you. Children who, right. What a joke. Just follow the rules. Stay right. within the lines. That's what it's about. Children who buy into that may stop taking responsibility for their own education. They may assume falsely that someone else has it figured out um, and what they need to know and how to become successful adults. So they don't have to think about mm. it. If their life right. doesn't work out so well, they take the attitude of a victim. My school or parents or society failed wow. me. And that's why my life is all screwed up. So spot on. And there is this prescribed path. That everyone who's in the government school is presented with, and that is that thou must go to college if thou wishes to be successful. And, of course, that's not necessarily going to be the truth. And then kids, of course, believe that to be true because that's what they've been told in school. That's what they've been told by their parents because everybody's been told this for generations. And so, you know, the, the, the I guess the prevalence of this myth is all over the place. Yeah. And I'm not even sure a bachelor's degree mean much means much anymore. It depends. I, I know a high school what diploma it, doesn't mean anything. No, what it really means is that you were able to sit through the boring lectures and you had the discipline to attend school for another four years. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem with the public schools more so is the one-size-fits-all mentality of all government solutions in that all children of this age group must learn this exact text and then must be tested on this exact text. And then all children learn by reading this book and then get tested on it. Instead or listen of, to this lecture and right, take a bunch of notes. Instead of having you know some children who are more visual or more auditory or experience or more physical where they actually learn by using by using their hands and, and feeling things out and actually being uh, you know manipulating things uh, in in the physical realm, instead of just just reading and being intellectual, not everyone is an intellectual, and not everybody can think the way that you need to think in order to learn from an intellectual standpoint. So, the idea that you can provide this one solution, this one indoctrination camp, which everyone follows the exact same steps, mm-hmm. and everyone comes out with the exact same results, it's just foolish. And it's it it puts a, it puts that up on high as well. So this is the institution. This is where learning happens. We know everything that you need to know. And don't and forget, you will... you're going to end up at the bad kids' school if you try to leave. Right. And, and, you know, the idea that the, that all of knowledge that is of use is in this institution is propagated and then propagated further to say that now if you really want the knowledge that makes the, you know, the world go around, you must go to the college institution. And so move from one institution to another institution because there's no learning that can happen anywhere else in the world. You must be in these buildings. You must be in this location, in this classroom, in this structure. And it's just, it it takes away uh, young people's desire to learn because it's been institutionalized. And this is, you know, the, the what I just said was high school diplomas mean nothing. And what I mean by that is, how, what do you use your high school diploma for? 
Well, there, there's I some you, jobs that require it, but other than which that, which one they say? Yeah, which so ones? they say. No, they they say that. I, I've heard that. I mean, I just I I, I don't. I've have never that had to produce it myself. I, right. right. I, I didn't either. I went to prison right after graduating high school, so uh, you know, I had a job from the age of, age of twelve. That thing. I don't have any idea where it is, and you know what happened to it. I, I you know, when I got a job, nobody ever asked me for it. Let's talk to Troy, listening in Virginia Beach to WTAR. Hello, Troy. Hey, how you guys doing? Hey, Troy, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, actually, I wanted to give you a, a, a kind of a double-headed, a two-headed coin uh, belief system with uh, in Virginia Beach, uh, Virginia. Here, there's I, 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 yeah, I got a number of kids, and and they've been through a. We moved around and had we've been the opportunity to be in a number of different of. Uh, elementary schools and middle schools and so forth in the same city, and you'd be amazed at how different schools within the same city district have different programs. Like some some schools are all year schools. Some schools have summer off. Some schools have uh, pushed the No Child Left Behind program, which I, I I promote, and I'll get into that too in a second. And other schools just push like what you guys are talking about, just push them through. And. Uh, To put that on simple, I had a a daughter that had actually technically by the scores failed the first grade, but I talked to the the, the teachers, the principal school of a good school, and they promoted her, and and she had learning difficulties, but now she's in middle school, is on her own. I'll tell you what, we'll come back. Uh, I know you had a little bit more to say, so we'll bring you back here in a moment at 800-259-9231. You said he pushed the No Child Left Behind thing. I want to know more about that. It's Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me, Mark Edge? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey this November. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're about $600 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those, and if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You get a whole list of things that you can do there to get Free Talk Live to more ears around the world. Uh, go to promote.freetalklive.com as we go back to the phones and to the fun. We talk again to Troy, listening in Virginia Beach to WTAR. Now, Troy, you'd said something earlier about, we've been talking about education again tonight. Uh, you said something earlier about supporting No Child Left Behind. What, what did you mean? Yeah, uh, actually, um, like I said, uh, I, I got one of my one of my children, one of my daughters, who's, who's now 13, now in middle school. She's in seventh grade. But when she was just finishing kindergarten in in, in first grade, in one of the one of the better schools in the city, um, she was struggling really hard. I mean, I was like with her for hours in the afternoon and the weekends, you know, just going over simple, simple stuff, you know, and and she, she got it and didn't get it. And got it anyway. Long story short, she had, you know, all this test they had to take, she had just, like, just failed it, almost like Forrest Gump, just by a couple, you know, a couple of points. And so, you know, I went, and I was, I was you know, an active parent, you know, when, you know, with, with the, you know, with the problem, and I went and talked with the, you know, with the, you know, they have a whole council of people that you talk to when you're in those situations. And, and, and they pushed, and I made a deal with them to let her go ahead and graduate, even though she technically had failed. 
but the deal was that she had to continue going through summer school to make up anything to give her those extra points to make it. So otherwise she would have been held back. And I think that the fact that she did that and I kept her in these extra helping classes throughout the whole time, now that she's in middle school, she's actually caught up with the rest of the class. And it's, it's her first year where she's not in uh, like a helping like a helping class. Now, she still has extra tutor classes that they have in addition because of the simple fact that this had happened at the beginning of the school year. Uh, she got her first report card, and her name is Sulai. So, Sulai, and she report card, and she, had, she was sent on one of her classes. Uh, and, um, and I know it was her first time being on her own, so we let her be on her own. And I said, all right, Sulai, go get your book. And to my surprise, she gave me a bunch of crap about how she didn't have a book. And I said, what do you mean you got no book? This is a bunch of bull crap. You ain't got no book. I know you got a book, right? Go get your book. And she didn't have one. And to my surprise and amazement, I went down to the school, and they do not issue books out in the classroom anymore. They gave some online code or something, and she actually didn't get one for that class. And we didn't even have Internet at the time, oh which was goodness. amazing. And it, Which was amazing. I didn't even know this because the year prior to that, they had books. They had just started that program to save money. And I went down there, and you know, I talked with the the guidance counselors and all this, and and, and, the, and the history teacher, and they 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 gave us some stuff that's even amazing. They, some classes they have books in the classes, like thirty or forty for the classes, but they're not allowed to take them home. Home. So yeah. they give them the, they they give them now like assignments, like notes from the class, and they give them tests from the notes that they take in the class, and that's it. So they don't actually take books home anymore. What does that have uh, to do? With, I'm sorry, but I'm a little lost. What does that have to do with No Child Left Behind? Well, the fact is that, that she she would have failed and would have been behind in her classes, but now she's with everyone else. I guess they, they, I guess I just don't understand what the you know that has to do with the federal government and their the, whatever that program entails. I mean, you're just well, the fact that the program says like like no child left behind, like like they, they do they do everything in their best effort not to fail the child, and the point is that she would that she would have failed and would have been you know had to repeat the first grade and maybe the second grade again and so forth, and then been very high in her peers. I'm no expert on the Department of Education, but I think that I thought that No no Child Left Behind meant that the government was uh, instituting programs where teachers would be tested and therefore, uh, you know, held more accountable and that that was what it was about. No, no, no. It's like what that guy was talking about earlier, how the the grade scores are curved to a lower grade so more children can pass. So less children will be left behind and, and be considered, I guess, you know, they're, I don't know, they're all touchy-feeling now with the no bullying and everything else, but I think they're losing core problems. Like, like they don't even, like, even though, like, some of the classes had, like, history class, example, science class, they don't even have a English book at all, not even in the class. And that just, this stuff just amazes me, especially since children nowadays are on, on, the, on the Internet and they're, they're texting. You think English would be, like, a priority, uh, but it, it isn't. And, and what I always tell everyone is that no matter what, you know, do not let the school system, public or private, do not let the school system be the only teacher to your child. I say, I, I, you know, that's why I'm active with my children. And no I doubt say, about I that. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, it's been so long since uh, No Child Left Behind has really even been a conversation. I have to say I'm pretty... Uh, well, I pulled it up on Wikipedia here, and uh, basically the act outlines testing the students and then grading schools themselves on the the uh, 
cumulative testing scores. So basically schools where a lot of p- children are failing these uh, these overall tests, you know, like the, uh, I don't know what they call those tests that, that all the children take. And then the, yeah, the standardized. Yeah, the standardized test. testing. It's based on uh, that testings and then the schools then graded and certain schools that have failing grades are given, you know, ultimatums to either get the test scores up or to fix some problems, that sort of stuff. I don't really see anything in here about... Um, yeah, I think he was kind of taking the name of the program right. and applying it to what happened to his child. Like she didn't get left behind. The administrators well, or whatever did whatever it took to. Uh, I guess what if it would have helped her to get left behind? What if she, as a child, and, and, and maybe she, her learning ability was not you know on par with where the the books were trying to teach her. But maybe maybe if she was left behind one year and then started, that she would be. It's a real iffy situation, JJ, because. The fact is you're still taking this one size. What if she was running slow in this one size fits all situation? Every kid's going to learn differently. And I know this is going to be the most shocking statement of the night. I swear to God, you can do more for your kid by sitting them down in front of PBS than you can by sending them to a public school. They'll learn more by watching television um, through these educational programs, I think, than they do by going to school. This getting the, uh, you know, one teacher and 35 students, that kind of, I, I, I think that they, the, the, the kind of uh, psychological damage they get at school is worse than uh, what they, would get just staying at home. Yeah, well, it's not just about you know he mentioned in different schools within a school district or a city. It's also regional based on you know various areas of the country. Like I had I had a friend in uh, high school, oh well, not high school, it was middle school at the time, and he was doing really poorly and and basically all of his classes. He clearly wasn't capable of learning. Uh, you know, in the uh, the way that the other people were in the classroom. And then he moved to Florida. His mother, a uh, single mom, moved to Florida for a job opportunity or something like that. And next thing I hear, about a, a year later, he's like acing all of his classes. The, the school system down there was so much easier and, the, and the, <laughs> so much easier to learn and the grading was just... It was night and day. So he went from basically failing out of the middle school classes in Wisconsin to straight-A student in Florida. It's one of the complaints leveled at the Florida school system. Largely, the the voters in Florida are 65-plus. They don't really care about educating kids at that point. Um, you know, they're, they're much more concerned of end-of-life end issues. And so that you know the, the, there's not nearly as much money put into uh, public schools in Florida as there you know. but that suggests that money is going to solve the problem mark i mean that's the same old suggestion i'm that just you saying hear from that that is in- a uh, you know a common complaint that's all i said this is all that you hear from people about the school system and all of its problems is that well it just needs more money oh well, if the florida but all the money in the been- world spent up here and that doesn't mean you know your your public schools here are still worse than the private schools are it's it's about the intention of the teachers and i think that the uh the conversation the sort of uh, the cultural conversation that exists in public school sucks the life out of the teachers and the students uh alike and it just it 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 creates a product that's less than mediocre well i think ian you hit on something earlier when you were saying that the the public school system creates this illusion that if you're going to be educated it needs to happen in this building mm-hmm. and i think you can take that and extrapolate it to not just students but also the parents where the parents think my child's going to school so their education is taken care of i don't need to teach them anything yeah. i can basically be hands off and put them into this uh this uh like 
uh, basically car wash of education where mm. they all get into their line and they all just go along and get the spray and then the 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 uh, the, the things come and beat on the sides of them you right. know that sort of thing and then finally the uh, the, uh, the upperclassmen right exactly and uh, so they don't they don't worry about the education at home they don't. Uh, focus on that. They don't make that a priority when perhaps they could educate their children far better than a teacher could because they're dealing with them in a one-on-one situation and it's much more uh, compassionate and loving situation and therefore positive than a competitive classroom environment where all it takes is one class person to basically cause a ruckus in the class and then all the the learning that would have happened there that day is gone because (laughs) everyone's excited. It's competitive, but the fact is that it also teaches to the lowest common enough. Dominator. It's that uh, you know, couple few kids at the bottom that get the uh, the teaching, and it, it it draws them all down. There's more coming up here at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Still plenty of time for your calls, your thoughts. Hour three is next. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all around protection. The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at freedomcam.net. is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You, as always, can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you'd like, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features. Main feature allows you to control the content. You find something online you think is pretty interesting, you want to share it with our listeners, just enter it as show prep on our site, and then others will be able to vote up or down whether they like or dislike your suggestion. You get to vote on things as well, and the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the site. So go and get interactive over at freetalklive.com. Of course, it's totally free. Uh, We're going to continue taking your calls about anything, and then if we get a chance, we'll uh, continue on our lengthy education discussion that we've been having this week. Uh, We'll we'll get back to the education topic, but John is on the line in Delaware. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hey guys, thanks for having me on. Yes sir, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I'll start and I'll uh, start because I heard your conversation on the No Child Left Behind and uh, I'll give you a quick thing on mine and then go to my what I want to talk. And I think that uh, was just a political line. It's a ploy. I don't really think it worked. The teachers concentrated more on the test than anything else, than mm-hmm. what the t- students were learning, um, local history, something as simple as cursive writing was taken out because they were too busy concentrating on this test. You know, I wonder about this cursive writing thing. I was just having a conversation with a friend yesterday about it, and yeah, I does anybody use that stuff in I, real life? I don't think I can actually write cursive anymore. I haven't written it since I was in school, so... I, I, I well, just, my youngest daughter is now learning it because they don't have to go through as much of that standardized test, and I think it's great. I, I, I'm, I'm not against kids learning things. I think they should, uh, they should learn haikus, too, but I haven't composed one since school. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, they brought back some more of those arts-type things. Uh, phys ed, I think, is an important thing that needs to be brought back into I'd school. I agree with that. The old presidential fitness award that we used to try to get so hard. 
Well, let's call it something nicer. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's call well, it the Peace and Freedom Physical uh, Fitness Award. Physical, or something. Yeah. I think that you're what you're right, really right about is that the No Child Left Behind was a political plan. I mean, sure it, was it was something to yep. allow the politicians to uh, beat their chest, to get behind a podium and talk about how they care about education. Look what we've done uh, for the children. When of course all they're really doing is sort of rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. I mean, for somebody to get so upset or so elated about uh, No Child Left Behind really just shows somebody who's completely locked in the system of uh, this kind of false choice of being able to wrestle between the right and the left and uh, you know those who support the, the this versus that. And, of course, the real issue is the existence of the government schools themselves, not how to retool them or not which class to add, not to focus on physical education versus cursive versus you know sex ed, but but to get them the hell out of education in the first place. That's the real issue here. So then all manner of educational models can bloom. I, for one, don't care about physical education. If you want to do sports, as far as I'm concerned, that's not an educational thing at all. And there's plenty of time for sports outside of uh, learning. Uh, Well, not necessarily sports now. We're talking more of a health. Uh, uh, The the old healthy lifestyle, just getting out and exercise, moving, eating right. That that that's what I call when I'm talking physical fitness. I see what you're saying. Well, more more of a lifestyle, well, for, not not necessarily being a jock, but no, being living a healthy lifestyle, and that's to me what phys ed is about. Well, when I was when I was in school, we went out and played outside of school far more than than our you know 50 minutes of phys ed. You know, when we go out and play a, a game of baseball or a game of football or whatever it is, you know, that's that's two three hours of running around. And we did yeah, that. All, we did that all on our own, self-organized it because we wanted to. I mean, it was just something we chose to do. Doesn't happen as much anymore, I'm afraid. Anything else you want right. to share tonight? Well, no. That'll now take us into our bigger, the next topic, and I'll lead it in using a more current political ploy: the get out and move, which I find to be a joke after what happened uh, in front of my house uh, about two weeks ago on March 25th, when uh, Del Dot, which is the Delaware Department of Transportation. Aided by five, and they had six of these huge monster trucks, a uh, front-end loader, a flatbed truck, and you know, 20, 30 personnel to go with it, uh, along with uh, five armed Delaware State Police officers illegally pulled the basketball pole from in front of my house. Ah, the, yeah, I've read about this story. Uh, we talked about uh, it on the air. Yeah, we talked about it, too. Yeah, no, so that's how I found you guys, was oh, through really? your story on the air. I, um, it came up in a search. Oh, and uh, that's how I found your programming was from you commenting on our situation. So My the video the of the lady, the, the, the video of the white, your wife being up on top of the, uh, the, the the pole, that was your you and your house. That is me and my wife that you are seeing in the video, yeah. Wow, it's such a small world. I love the mine. internet, by the way. I mean, it's just such an amazing thing that, you know, we just put this show out there. I think I titled it, you know, Delaware uh, Basketball Hoop Crackdown or something in that uh, that part. And somehow you were able to find it because we certainly didn't know what your names were. And uh, so you didn't find it by searching for your name. No, I actually found it just typing in a search with, like, Delaware, Del Dot, government, police. Mm. And uh, yours is one of the... Well, you said they did it illegally. 90,000 that show up on this. I mean, this thing went viral. It went worldwide. 
Well, John, you said they did it illegally, but whatever they do is legal. See, it's their system, and <laughs> well, uh, they're in charge. Well, yeah, but, you know, they're breaking their own rules. So sure they do. Like, sure, but <laughs> once but they break their own rules, then they're you, their you, rules. But then afterwards, they, they, they'll always, like, what we've seen them do is, uh, they'll, even if they break their own rules afterwards, they'll just change the rules and retroactively exonerate themselves from it. Well, here's the problem. They created a rule in 2005. This is an ordinance. It's not even a law that was added into the budget bill in the middle of the night. This ordinance regarding the free and clear zone, which basically kind of gives the government the rights to, you know, seven to ten feet or more of the front of your property, which I don't agree with. Mm -hmm. And they don't own that. I do. I maintain it. I pay the taxes on it. I pay for snow removal, maintenance of sidewalks and everything else. They have a right to come on and do what they have to and then get off my property. They don't own the property. That's what you but think. They, yeah, well, okay. So in 2005, <laughs> Look, they man, had I'm this with ordinance you. in the middle of the night, and it was never brought before the House of Representatives or the Senate. It wasn't brought before the legislate. Um, the language in the bill did not include grandfather clauses as required under constitutional law. Um, therefore, it is an unconstitutional ordinance that they have passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by the time... The ordinance the, the, itself... But, I was just saying, by the time it gets to the Delaware Supreme Court, uh, you'll be old and gray, and uh, I'm sure <laughs> the, the the basketball hoops will be all rusted in a you know in a landfill someplace. Well, we'll see about that. I'm gonna keep this fight and pushing because uh, what happened here was a travesty. It's a black eye to the state of Delaware. It's a black eye to this country. Yeah, they lied to just to to every police officer in this country. I'd just like to recount uh, what happened here for our listeners that may not have uh, heard that episode. You and a bunch of other folks that had these basketball hoops, many cases, hoops that have been up for years and years, uh, where you had your literally had your hoops stolen by the Department of Transportation in Delaware. They came and they threatened you with violence if you, you know, were to do something as uh, daring as resist them uh, by (laughs) saying. Yeah, I was in fear for my life. That you female officer made sure I knew she had a gun on her hip. You know, there were several people there, as a matter of fact. And then oh, they yeah. lied to you as well. They told you that once they pulled it out of the ground, they were just going to lay it in your driveway so you could take it and do something else with it. But instead, they they told uh, you that to get your wife to essentially come down from the hoop, if I'm recalling correctly. No, she- she's actually already down. This This is the second time they've come out. And she's already down off the pole. We've pretty much surrendered at this point, even mm-hmm. though... She refused to get let me get a temporary restraining order from a judge that I could get. They didn't have a court order. They just had a work order. I was prepared to have a judge's order that said, you can't do this, and the, and the cop said no. I then said, I'll get the judge on the phone if you don't want to go through all the paperwork. No, that poll's coming out. Yep. Uh, you know, and at that or point, else. it was... You know, and that's when I said, well, my wife's just going to be right back up that pole. She goes, no, she won't. Basically, that's when you know that the gun's there, and if she tries anything, you know. I'll do 10-millimeter brain surgery on you people. Exactly. To take this basketball pole, and they promised to uh, to give it back to you, but no, instead they load it in the back of a dump truck, and and that's that. (laughs) Well, they lie about that even. They said, oh, we offered all the neighbors the chance. Well, they took portable basketball poles. I'm sure, and my neighbor went right back for it. There's no way they knocked on our door and said, well, you know, you spent $300 on this basketball, $250, $300 on this basketball, portable basketball pole. How about if we take it, destroy it, and put it, you know, in a yard where you'll have to come back and pick it up on your own? Yeah, just go ahead. <laughs> i tell you what, John, uh, do you have a, a moment to stick with us here? I've got a couple I can more hold questions on as long as you guys want All right, me. more with John in Delaware. He's the guy that, uh, at least one of the people, that had his uh, basketball hoop aggressed against. It's Free Talk Live. 
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Boost Kit Essentials Nutritionally Complete Drink. Providing your picky eater with essential nutrition and great taste in one drink. Visit us at kitessentials.com. To make sure your kids eat healthy, follow the five-a-day plan. Serve three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruit daily. Remember, a serving could just mean a piece of fruit or a half cup of veggies. If your kids are picky eaters, ask a nutritionist about other sources. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want at 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam. You can watch, listen, and interact. Our chat room is built into the same page as the cam. So go to cam.freetalklive.com to do that. That's, uh, by the way, free cam.freetalklive.com and it's free thanks to Memory Dealers. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They're 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers at up to 99% off of list price. They even have customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In some cases, they can do that private labeling Overnight. In stock, ready to ship the overnight delivery. It's memorydealers.com. All right, we continue here. We've got John in Delaware, who is the guy that uh, we were talking about a little while back. Uh, one of the many people, I guess, not the only one, but the guy who's uh, became uh, become most renowned due to the video going viral on the Internet of him and his wife attempting to defend their basketball hoop. Now, we've talked a lot about the just the levels of absurdity that government regulations have uh, have reached or the depths, uh, the depths of those levels. It's just there's so much. You've got 70 year old grandmothers ga- uh, getting arrested and tackled because their grass is too brown or, or too high. Uh, you've got all kinds of stories. You know, the kid that's got the, uh, the, the you know, the, the utility knife in his first aid kit or something like that. In his car. In his school. car at school because he's a, a Boy Scout or whatever and he gets in trouble for that. I mean, there's just story after story of absurdities and all of these controls in our lives. And John, are you still with us? Don't forget lemonade stands, Girl Scout cookie stands, Thank and you. Um, yard sales that are that are affected by this, and they come in and say, "Where's your permit?" Yep, that's right. So you sound like you're not a stranger to the, to the fact that uh, governments are just continuing to reach into our lives in various different ways and demand obedience and demand cash. Was this uh, was this interaction with the state not your first negative one? Then uh, no, this is the, my thing, and it, this is my first interaction. I'm just. You know, I mean, I watch a little politics. I pay attention during elections and who's running and what platforms and what's going on in any big story. But, you know, I'm not a political activist. I'm just your everyday dad, you know, with kids that, you know, are heartbroken that their poll's gone. And I'm looking way beyond the poll going, uh, they stole our due process rights. They stole various constitutional rights. You know, we've got lawyers from the, our state House of Representative and our House Representative and our state senator negotiating with Delta up to the time the poll is being polled and they ambush us. You know, nuts. what the heck is that all about? Right. They I mean, didn't have any kind of court order. We were nice enough not to file suit and cost the state more tax dollars. Well, that isn't nice. That's that's sort of uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be nice to them at all. They took your property for well, one. He was trying. Well, no, no, no. He didn't know. This, this was this was back last in last October. We get a letter in September, and we reply. And then in October, my state representative 
my state senator and the lead attorney for the House of Representatives, along with Brian Short, my representative, send to the Secretary of Transportation, Carolyn Wicks, a letter stating you are overstating your authority here. You have no right to be doing this. The law you're citing is incorrect, even if it is the gentleman's grandfathered in. And the complaint that was made is children playing in the street. But it's in your driveway. Um, a lady from USA Today did a wonderful article about how, you know, kids don't go out and play like we used to, you know, and be out from 8 in the morning until 8 at night. And, you know, you just took a sip from the hose and maybe got a popsicle once in a while. But mom knew you were safe. JJ, just to clarify, this this uh, basketball hoop was on the street. Was, was it near the street, correct? No, no. I live in a cul-de-sac. Uh. And off the street, there's a grass strip and then a little sidewalk. And this thing was placed in the grass strip. Uh, there's two legends to the pole. Either it was the first, own, first one of the first owners had it custom built and put it in because the thing's solid. It's American-made classic. Uh, the other one is that I heard from the condo association, I mean our homeowners association, was that the pole was actually put in by the builders when they were building our two streets here. Hmm. And they played on it during lunch and after work. Hmm. But it's it's so something to where it's on the, the it's the on the here before the roads right. But it's it's on the so it's on the strip of grass before the sidewalk. Is it was it facing the hoop itself, facing the street? So kids were playing in the street essentially to or in this cul-de-sac, the street of the cul-de-sac. Uh, you were playing in the cul-de-sac, but you have to have a visual of the cul-de-sac because it's a huge circle <laughs> that cuts off towards my house. So if the road was to continue straight on, it's uh, I believe forty feet from where the basketball pole was placed to where if this road was a normal road, it would have actually ran. And feet, the cul-de-sac just leads into my driveway. It seems like a, a good amount. You know, and it, it really makes me wonder, you know, what kind of uh, busybody uh, makes a complaint like this? I, I just I just and had it's some... one anonymous. It's one anonymous complaint, and it was selective enforcement. Dot as they rolled in here with their hordes of people and trucks, literally passed by what would be considered four illegal polls to get to the eight select that they enforced. They selectively chose to enforce a law that they don't even have to enforce. Wow. Did you, did so you, uh, do you know if, if you did something to uh, upset some bureaucrat or some friend of a bureaucrat to get we this sort of treatment? We don't know. We're gathering it. Whoever made the complaint must have had some pull because hmm. there's no other way you can get um, like I said, the first time my wife is out there, it's the all the Deldot workers, and only one what they call a rate cop. Deldot hires an off-duty Delaware State police officer to escort him in. Right. When he couldn't get my wife down, as soon as the news showed up, everybody scrambles. Mm-hmm. And a couple hours later, they about an hour or two later, they come back, everybody, all the trucks, all the men, with the exception of one truck, the one that had all the other hoops in it, didn't come back. Um, but they bring this female Lieutenant Jennifer Griffin with her. That's the lady in the FBI hoodie. This was the plainclothes uh, woman, right? Yeah, who just came up and said, I'm Lieutenant Jennifer Griffin, and I'm in charge here. I yeah. had to call the FBI, the county police, and then I finally found out so uh, that it was a Delaware State Trooper to find out who the officer really was because she did not identify herself, didn't show me badge, showed me nothing, just said, I'm in charge, this poll's coming down. Yeah, and her attitude was just so rude and so obnoxious. It's well, just... it goes against the whole police code of protect and serve, and she never stopped <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 They're not here to protect and serve you. They're here to protect no, and serve no, the state. There are, that's, that, there 
are police out there, and I, I have every bit of respect for police, and specifically the Delaware State Police and the Dad County Police here. I have friends who work on the forces, and I have the utmost respect for them and pray for them and their families. Hey, dude, they, they would have followed safe. those I orders, for, too. I pray for them and their families, too, but if the, but uh, if the, the DOT— The officers that showed up that day— they should all be dishonorably discharged. They, they all would have done nothing. it. Even your friends, man. How come your friends don't go and arrest this lady? I mean, well, if she broke your the friends? law. Why didn't your friends come well, back you we, up? I have contacted internal affairs, and there's a quote-unquote investigation I going on. I hope it goes well for you. I'm just of the opinion that the cops are there to protect and serve the cops. Um, oh, well, there's lots of stories here in Delaware. They have one, a nice one of a female cop who's being harassed by the police, hurt themselves. She's got a huge lawsuit against them right now for well, what they did. As far as what so their investigation is, how nice they were to my wife. As far as what their investigation is going to reveal, uh, ninety-nine times out of a hundred, that when the police investigate themselves, they always find that they they did everything just fine and by the book, oh. and every, everything is okay. Because again, if they were here to protect and serve us, then they would act like it. But actually, they're here to protect and serve their masters at the Delaware State Legislature. And I thank you, John, for the call. Yeah, keep us updated. I'm interested in this. Definitely, let us know uh, down the line what happens. Uh, and uh, just an awful situation. Wow. Brave not, guy. Not an uncommon situation either. It's becoming more and more common for these piddly little uh, laws to be enforced on people. And surprise, surprise, it's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com this is free talk live bring us anything you want at 800-259-9231 that's the SACL cai toll free line you can join us online at freetalklive.com We've got the shrine of female listeners there the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo to show that they are listeners of this program. You can go and see for yourself. And if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com. Our number here tonight, 800-259-9231. Also, this program brought to you by SACL CAI. Yeah, SACL CAI has been a sponsor of Free Talk Live for a very long time. The principal over there, Jason Osborne, guy who really supports the ideas of liberty, puts his money where his mouth is. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections or accounts receivable, Try SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page, SACL CAI. Let's talk to Abel, listening in New Hampshire. Abel, you're on Free Talk Live. Abel. Hi, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Great to talk to you. Thank you uh, for your work. I I did see the video of uh, John and his wife trying to protect their uh, basketball hoop and... uh, I keep thinking that there's, a, there's another question that we need to be asking these enforcers. For instance, when the woman said to John, the, the so-called law enforcement person, that, they, that his wife was not going to go back up there or whatever, I think we need to ask these people, are you going to hurt her mm-hmm. if she does it? Are you going to shoot her? Yeah, just make the violence real. Make the violence. Put it right out there for them. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I recently had a discussion with a friend who, whose husband was, well, ex-husband actually, was getting arrested in her front yard. And, and she went out to, to confront this police officer who was like, you know, throwing him on the ground, sitting on top of him and cuffing him. I, this is a peaceful person. This is not, you know, and, and a smaller person, too. The, you know, his name is Johnny. He was not a, you know, some kind of a wild and crazy, you know, uh, I don't know, PCP addict or something like that. I, these, these cops, they, they, they jump into this crap. And, and, and this friend of mine went up to the, the police officer. The guy draws the, his gun, the police officer draws his gun and points it at her head. Jeez. I mean, I, I, you know, and, and, and they, they wear the title of peace officer, right? At that point in time, if her son was in the house with an AK-47, I would have felt that he would have been justified to take that guy out. You point a gun at somebody, then the whole family would have been dead. At somebody, that is that is that is in fact a threat of death. I, I, I wouldn't disagree with you, but at that, that point, the, everybody's well, dead. Well, I think you need to realize that if the police are there on your property, they come with the threat of death. That's that's what they bring to the table. And these police are just itching to bring out that force and use it because that's what they're trained, and that's why they go to the gym and, and got to uh, talk up you know, in the, in the locker room after the your shift's done. And, oh, yeah, I really nailed that guy hard. I, I had my knee on his head, and I felt all my weight. Yeah, I was really hurting him good. And everybody's like, yeah, great job, man. That mentality. I, 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 you know what? It's, uh, you know, somebody told me this a long time ago, and I, I didn't really grasp it at the time. But what they told me was that when police confront you, even when they're just coming to, you know, your door, you know, to give you a speeding ticket or, or, or a, you know, a sticker violation, you know, whatever the minor you know, crapola thing that they are thrusting on us, their whole thing is, is threat level assessment. Meaning what? You know, threat level, we're, we, we are all considered to be their enemy, you know, the moment they're getting out of their car. You know, and, and I'm fine with that. I'm, I, hopefully everybody's uh, leveling, uh, you know, uh, assessing the level of threat that they're dealing with on a day-to-day basis. What my concern is is police officers that seem to say, see it as an opportunity to increase the threat level. You know, pe- ones, ones that will uh, escalate a situation if given the opportunity so that they can use some more force. Like pulling so they, a gun out on yeah, somebody. Yeah, so they can throw, throw somebody to the ground so they can pull a gun on somebody. I mean, you know... <laughs> That's that's a fun thing to talk about in the bar the next uh, later on that evening is hey I pulled a gun out put it up to that lady's head she did just what I said thanks Abel for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one that number brought to you by Sakel C A I eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one I dealt with a situation where with a, uh, a a police officer in an airport where I you know I, I was uh, disputing whether or not the TSA was going to uh, do one of those full invasive pat downs on me and the guy this is a this isn't a TSA agent this is a law enforcement officer from the uh, city of Londonderry New Hampshire says you got a problem 
like that's what he that's what he says in order to uh, as, as, ascertain the situation. Um, you know, he he really knew what was going. Did he on. give a nice push to the chest? He too did, while he he did, did that? everything but body check me. Yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous. I'm just a guy who's saying, uh, hey, hey, ho, ho, what are you doing here? I'm asking some questions. He says, you got a problem. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, how pathetic. And they get upset when you say, hey, you're just the schoolyard bully who got a badge. You know, I I like that's the thing that the schoolyard bully would say. I like Abel's suggestion in any situation. Ask what will happen if you don't do what the officer says. What are you going to do to me if I don't? Are you going to hurt me? Are you going to put me in a cage? I I asked that question when I was in court recently uh, when they attempted to prevent me from coming in with any electronic device into the the trial of Bob Constantine on Monday uh, because their precious uh, undercover agents were going to be testifying and they didn't want any chance that anybody would be taking their photograph or video footage of them. And it was during that when I asked something to, I, I remember saying something to the effect of, so are you, so what are you going to do to me if I step over there? Because they didn't want me to come into, you know, past this arbitrary line that they, uh, that they had drawn. And I think it's a very important thing to get it right out. These people are threatening you with violence. Let, let it be said. Well, I think I think this speaks to a larger issue, though. The fact that, that the state, even the local government, would come onto his property. Well, I think the DOT is more of a state-run instead of a municipality. But anyway, coming onto his property and taking something of his, I think that is a hugely erroneous precedent to set. I think having the idea that the state can just come and take something for whatever reason they make up, whatever ordinance or, or garbage is 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 going down a path to ruination. Well, I think it was actually on the um the the the, the setback or whatever, the easement um to his property. So they would call that their property. Well, sure, that's where the you baby steps mark. Sure, they oh, go yeah, there. Yeah. And then what next? Take his internet router if they don't like what he's posting about videos or or take his computers or or next thing you know, just take him. I mean, what well, when it, do you it's what all point their is property? Think, yeah, if you think you own your property, you're wrong. I mean, if if you think you own your land, try not paying your monthly, your excuse me, your annual rent, or in some cases it's biannual, some cases mm-hmm. it's quarterly. Property taxes come at different time. Try not pay, try not paying your annual rent to the government and see whether or not you keep that property. They take your whole house from you in that case. Yeah. you aren't a landowner. You're a serf. A surf tied to the land. They've they've modified the the surf uh, king vassal situation since the Middle Ages, but they haven't modified it much. Let's continue with your phone calls about what you want and talk to Shadow listening in Huntsville, the WBHP. Hello, Shadow. Shadow. Yeah, yeah. hi. How are you doing there? Go ahead, sir. Yeah, when you started off about the uh, no child left behind thing, I, one thing I hated about it was it just, it just wasn't real. They, they weren't playing with reality there because some kids will have learning disabilities for one reason or other, like maybe a bad home life or they get hurt as a kid like me, for instance, uh, when I was a kid, I had a real bad head injury, and it, I mean, I got fractured skull, severe concussion, was up in the hospital for weeks. Okay, well, after that, I found that, sure, I could learn, but I had to work a lot harder than everybody else did. And even when I played baseball, which I enjoyed pretty good, sometimes, like, uh, say, you know, we'd have so X amount of people on the bases, well, believe it or not, I'd have to turn around and have a, ta- a time out and ask a coach, where do I throw the ball if it comes to me? Wow, that's rough. Hey, thanks for the call tonight, Shadow. 800-259-9231. We'll try to uh, sneak your call in here in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up. 1-800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live.
On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want, even in the remaining moments uh, here at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can become an amplifier for as little as $3 a month. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. The idea is we'll take that $3 in and reinvest it into the show and get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board as well. So go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn more, to get signed up with any major credit card through PayPal or Visa or MasterCard right on our site. Again, amp.freetalklive.com. You'll learn about the perks you'll get, like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only podcast forum, and more. Go get the details, get signed up, amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls about what you want. Josh, listening in Hibbing. Uh, Josh, uh, you're on Free Talk Live. That's Hibbing, Minnesota, by the way, to WNMT. Hello there. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I was just wondering um, about some of the conspiracy theories on the Internet. Um, like, you know, that there's like, you know, the world's going to end in 2012. There's a lot of different theories out there. There's a lot of things going on, like the uh, like National Seed Bank. And, I mean, our national debt, even the world debt, is like absolutely ridiculous. It's like... $400 trillion that the world is in debt. And, you know, America is obviously in, like, $12 trillion. Japan is in, like, $100 trillion. I'm just wondering, like, is the government spending, like, just a shit ton of money? Oh, because we can't know. let you on the air like that. Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, when you're listening on the radio, it usually means you have to not say the S-bomb. Unfortunately, we do have to bow down to the annoying fcc regulations to protect our radio stations licenses uh where was he going with that question do you well, know where i want to say something about the national debt it's a fiction okay fiat money is a fiction all oh, the national debt is a fiction it's just a number they throw out there no one is ever going to pay that back no you one, don't know it no no it's 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 illusion it's meant to meant to keep you thinking that we're in some position of weakness and that that things are going yeah things are bad it's not that number you see ticking along it's those people making that number tick along with their inane policies and their rampant spending and killing across all the globe well the fact is that the uh for every dollar in existence, there is a dollar in debt created. The, the, the Treasury writes something up, you know, these T-bill things. The Federal Reserve issues money is based on these, uh, you know, these Treasury notes, whatever they happen to be, um, whichever form of Treasury, uh, you know, note they, they create. And then there's interest on top of it. So it's really impossible to, in fact, pay all this stuff back. But you don't owe it. It's not yours. My son who's three years old, is not responsible for paying the debt that, w- that, that my generation and the generation prior to mine and the generation prior to that has created. He's not responsible for that. It's just people telling you that they own you. And if you think about it, that's what income tax is, too. Income tax is a tax on the, uh, the fruits of your labor. 
You work so that you make money. You make money so that you can live. The government takes a portion of that money. If the government can take a portion of your labor, then they must own a portion of you. If they own a portion of you, you are their slave. The fact is, when you had chattel slavery in uh, the Deep South and slavery all throughout the ages, because it wasn't just black people being owned by white people in the uh, 17th and 18th centuries of the United States and 19th into the 19th century of the, uh, the United States. It was all kinds of different mm-hmm. forms of slavery. You had to feed the slave. You had to clothe the slave. You had to do a certain level of medical care for the slave. So that cut into the amount that the slave would make for you. Um, I mean, you know, so what, 80, 90% of, uh, of their work you got to keep. And let's not forget, slaves don't work as hard as free men. So if you could create a system where free men will work quote unquote, free men will work harder for you and you can take a smaller portion of the fruits of their labor. And some people estimate that we pay between state, federal, local, uh, you know, gas tax, cell phone tax, all that, all the other taxes. Don't forget the corporate taxes that are passed on to us through the prices of all the goods that we buy. Mm-hmm. That we pay fifty to sixty percent of what we of, of of our fruits of our labor in taxes. Really, how much different is that from the the chattel slave of the nineteenth century? Well, you know the, the idea of conspiracy theory. I mean, just I, I what you say is valuable and and it's cool and all that. But I want to touch upon conspiracy theories for a second here. Don't waste your time. With these conspiracy theories, okay? Yeah, I'll second you that. are completely wasting time and energy by sitting here delving into these great mysteries of the federal and world conspiracies. Look at your local situation. Look at what you can actually do with your two hands and your mind and your eyes and your ears. What you can actually accomplish and do something. Actually take that, that ability that you possess and spend it on something that will be productive. Doing research about all these conspiracies and all this garbage out there is just distracting you it's it's making you expend some of your resources idly and and it's meant to discourage you and to to create fear within you and doubt and then once they've got fear and doubt within you you know the the uh the productive and positive part of you will be diminished and and be corrupted by this this doubt so I, i think that's one of the most damaging things about the conspiracy world is the the fear that it places in people and and some have suggested you know that the ultimate conspiracy is that the government people actually proffer the conspiracy theories for the simple purpose of uh, bringing people down i mean of getting people to believe that it's hopeless that the world is run by uh, you know this uh, cabal of secret evil men that have total control over everything and that you know look look at all these police uh, state things that are happening and it's hopeless what can you do you're just one man you're just a little person you're not the government you don't have all these guns you don't have all the cameras and the robots and and all of that so why not just uh, just you know retire to your mom's basement uh do some more research watch some dvds and depress yourself even further that's right don't let the fear capitalize on your ability to actually accomplish something because that's that's really the part of being a human being is not living in fear. We we all have things in our life that that cause us trouble and pain and, and agony and tragedy and all that stuff. It's it's the ability to rise above that and to keep a positive and even optimistic mindset about what you can accomplish and about what you are. That's what it all comes down to is how you feel about yourself. If you feel like you are a positive can-do individual, you will achieve positive can-do change. But if you have this mindset of fear and doubt, then what you do will be corrupted by that same mindset of fear and doubt. You will only engage partially into your activities. You only put so much of your energy into this because of that fear and doubt is taking away from your total being. 
So don't waste your time with conspiracy theories. Don't waste your time with any of this crap or the federal government overall. Just ignore that. Do what you can locally. Do what you can in your community, with your family, with your friends. But do something that will be positive. And better yet, uh, improve yourself as well. I mean, you talk about being positive, and that, that means that you really should focus on uh, getting rid of the fear. Because as you mentioned, we all do have issues that, uh, that we're... That, can cause those uh, feelings and those sensations within us. And it just makes sense to reject fear as much as possible and and uh, embrace a brighter you know vision for what the future can be. But if you are like me, you try to get involved locally and you run up against wall after wall after wall where it seems like nothing you do is actually having an effect on changing anything for the better as far as you know maybe achieving liberty in our lifetime. So one of the things you can do is educate yourself about what freedom actually is and become more uh, aware of the concepts of individual liberty if you if you haven't already and there's some great resources you can do that with online there's some excellent books over at book.freetalklive.com or book.freekeen.com as well uh, same same website yeah they're free uh, the free audiobooks, free PDFs. I'm so, listening to them right now. So yeah, to kind of round out your uh, concepts on the ideas of liberty, and then once you've discovered what freedom really is, and if you've come to the same conclusion that I did, and that is that it's impossible or near impossible to attain uh, where you are, then consider the Free State Project, and then go to freestateproject.org to learn more about moving together with other people of a like mindset, getting together with people who are willing to stand up and who are willing to be positive and to put aside fear and to work toward uh, more freedom in our lifetime. That, I think, is the best way to get involved in a community is where you actually have people who are like you nearby, because if you're of a liberty mindset and and you're the only one in, a, in any given area, in any given geographic region, or at least the only one who's doing something, you're going to burn out real fast. Yep. And then you're just going to be depressed and, and fearful again. Right. I think the idea, like you said, of, of coming to this community, that there's so much to be said for being around people who not only share the mindset that you do, but also have the experience of dealing with the thugs and the, the state and, and being arrested or watching friends get arrested or, or being in these confrontational situations where the people here in this movement, fear is, is certainly diminished to the point where it is sometimes altogether absent in, in some of these encounters. And, and the upper hand definitely seems to be in the hands of the activists when they're sitting there pushing and pushing forward the cameras and asking questions and chasing bureaucrats around and watching the bureaucrats run away from activists. They scurried, man. Earlier this week, the footage that uh, Demo got, I think, is going to be very interesting. Let's talk briefly to Andrew in New Hampshire. Andrew, we're short on time, but you get the last uh, 10 seconds or so. Andrew, greetings, gentlemen. Uh, I saw an interesting article that was posted on a friend's Facebook wall about uh, uh, females in the United States going into puberty as early as uh, six years old. Whoa, and, that's uh, kind of scary. Let's talk about it another night. Call us back maybe tomorrow. We'll talk about it in a little further detail. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And now it's time for Larry's Easter Countdown, the part of the radio show where Larry comes out and counts down. Ten days until Easter morning. Every year, I make an Easter resolution to eat less candy next Easter. This has been Larry's Easter Countdown. Tune in tomorrow for another Easter message. Veggie Tales presents Twas the Night Before Easter. Get ready to celebrate the season and discover what helping others is really all about. I've been working on an Easter-themed musical. Up with bunnies. We need a star. Cassie Cassava. She's big time. It's an all-new Easter adventure full of bunnies, music, and love. Featuring American Idol finalist Melinda Doolittle as Cassie. Helping one another. One big 
Veggie Tales was the night before Easter. Available at Walmart, Family Christian stores, and retailers everywhere. Own it today on DVD.